Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode number 44. I'm your host, Brian Professor Pettis, and with me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony Estrella. Titanium. Professor. Back. We're back. And we got a big episode to talk about this week. Yeah, we're going to run down a few rumors. Uh, we got Disney Plus Day to kind of let people know about, and then uh, we're going to get into the internals and kind of explain some stuff and give our point of view on things and... And, uh, man, you did a hell of a job last episode kind of getting everybody up to speed on the, the characters and their powers. And then we got to see them in action. So we're going to talk about Eternals and, and some other news and reviews. So hang in there and uh, sit tight, people. Take us to school, Professor. All right. Well, before we get started, let's thank the patrons that bring the show to you. And those are the ones that have signed up to become patrons on patreon.com slash supertalk. Support the show directly. They donate a dollar each episode we release, and they're uh, out there helping us bring the show to you. So thank you, patrons. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to do a big giveaway when we get to our milestone annual episode or one-year anniversary episode. So if you want to become part of that giveaway, sign up on patreon.com slash supertalk. Yeah, very cool. Thank you, guys, boys and squirrels, for uh, donating a little bit of cash and uh, hanging in there with us. And uh, it'll pay off uh, in dividends at the end. So let's uh, jump right into the uh, content this week. Uh, no new real shows other than the movie we're going to review. So we're going to save that for our topic of the week this week is our big review of The Eternals. No new content really came out that we need to address today. Uh, but we'll jump right into the news of the week. Uh, first thing that that, that I'll, I'll cover right now is something that we saw in the theater when we saw Eternals. But it, it dropped last week before the movie came out. And that's the new trailer for Morbius. Fire hot. I mean, absolutely red hot fire. I I don't think I've been excited, uh, this excited for a movie um, from Sony in a very long time. Uh, I, I love the Spider-Man movies, don't get me wrong. But for some reason, uh, this looks great. Am I wrong? No, it, I mean, it, so what they, let's kind of hit the rewind button a little bit. This movie was supposed to be released in March of 2020. And uh, there was some promotion to the movie prior to that point that we had gotten a teaser trailer up into that that point. And then Sony delayed the movie because of COVID. And then it was pushed back into the fall. And then it was pushed back again to later in the year. And then they said, you know what? We're pushing it back all the way until January of 2022. And we were like, wow. So it's going to be a full 22 months since that movie was supposed to come out when it gets released next January, um, which is a long delay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very strange to me. That Longer than Black Widow. So they had plenty of time to get it right. And from my perspective, it looks like they tweaked some things from the first trailer to what this was. Well, they definitely added some special effects to the trailer, which either were done after the fact or mm -hmm. were done... You know, and we just hadn't seen it yet. But what we saw in this trailer showed Michael Morbius's powers on another scale. Not only talked about him, you know, getting the living vampire powers that he has and how he gets that, which we saw in the first trailer, but it showed him ability to fly. A little bit more explanation around his echolocation powers. Yeah. Looked like he could turn himself into a bat. Yeah. I mean, th these were like really rich and crisp special effects that we had not seen yet. And it really kind of excited me about the character. And then the face at the end of the trailer of him in his full kind of vampire oh. form haunting. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. If, if you, if you think of this character, living vampire and his thirst for blood, this is the face you want to see. I mean, this is from a comic book perspective, a, a fan, this is it, man. They have taken that comic book and they have enhanced it. And, th and that's what you really yeah. want as a, as a fan of the big and small screen. You want them to take what you know and love in the comics and enhance it. And that, I think that's what they did. Think, 
It reminds me a lot of um, Nightcrawler in the X-Men movies where he would phase out and phase in in that puff of smoke where he would come in and out and in the, the scene in the um, White House. In the White House, yep. how badass that was. Man, they've taken that special effect and enhanced it by 20-fold. I mean, it, it this really looks good. I'm excited to see this movie. We'll do a full breakdown of this movie uh, before it comes out in January, of course. Uh, come to Super Talk, and we'll, we'll break down the movie ahead of time, and then we'll also give you our review once it does come out. But the trailer did a really good job of kind of setting up the character. You know, he's been dealing with a life-altering sickness that's been killing him his entire life, and there's, you know, thousands of people in the world that suffer with the same disease. And he's been trying, he's a incredibly intelligent scientist that, and a doctor that's been trying to figure out a cure to his disease. And the cure, while it works, does some other things to him. Um, and, but he is kind of a classic anti-hero, whereas, you know, at heart, he's a doctor and he wants to help people and cure people. And, and he's, he's, he's a helpful guy, but now he's being kind of, haunted by this thirst for blood and there's a creature right. inside of him that he's constantly trying to keep at bay and there's times where he can't control it right and then there's times where it also comes out when he needs it to right yeah, you know right. where where he's in trouble and and uh he can defend himself so wow the trailer's great if you haven't seen it go check it out on youtube yep um or see it in the theater when you see uh, Eternals. You can you can check it out there as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Spoiler alert: We're going to talk about Eternals, so go see it. Turn this off right now and go see it if you haven't seen it, or if you you plan on just well, waiting. Hopefully, for it to we come did out. our job last week and got everybody so excited about yeah. it that they already went out and saw it this past weekend. You and I were traveling over the weekend and didn't get back. Uh, in time to to see it on a release day, but we we did see it last night, so yeah. we're, we're excited. Um, okay, let's get to the next news item, and and you mentioned this up front, Titanium Disney Plus Day this Friday. A lot of exciting things coming, yeah. so so we can run down all the things that we know are coming, and there's some things that we we believe are coming. Right? Yeah, I I think I was looking today on how they're going to release this. I I know on Twitter and Facebook and stuff they're going to start streaming some stuff. Uh, there and probably mirror the content that they're going to put on uh, Disney Plus. But uh, um, I, I couldn't figure out like how they're going to do this. Are they just going to drop things on Disney Plus and we have to go to Disney Plus to watch the content? Or this is going to be a streaming event and that's what I found out. It's going to be like a streaming event. Yeah, it'll be like DC um, Fandom. It'll yeah. be, be something like that. We're, we're going to be able to see the live presentation yeah. of Disney Plus Day. And again, there's going to be multiple components of Disney Plus Day. There's going to be a, a Marvel component where yeah. I'm sure Kevin Feige is going to come out. I think that's at 11 uh, Eastern Standard Time. So Friday around 11 is the Marvel reveal kind of review uh, that's going to be coming out. And the so last time that they did this, um, this is where we got that initial slate of, of uh, television shows they were doing on Disney Plus where they announced all the television shows, all the actors are coming. That's where we learned about Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and, and WandaVision and Ironheart and She-Hulk and right. you know Moon Knight, all those things. So yeah. um, there's going to be a, a Marvel portion of the Disney Plus day. Now, there are also going to be some Disney portions. There's going to be some uh, some other things that Disney and National Star Geographic, Wars. Pixar. Yeah, mm -hmm. Star Wars stuff that they're doing as well. Some shorts for Pixar. Mm -hmm. But here, here's what we know, and, and there's already been some announcements. Um, a couple of things have come out this week already. We know for a fact that Shang-Chi is being uh, released on Disney Plus on Friday the 12th. So you will be able to stream that movie on Friday, um, which is very exciting. If you have not yet seen that movie, I don't know why. Um, but it is now coming to Disney Plus on Friday. You'll be able to stream that on the Disney Plus service Friday. One of the other big announcements that I, I, I told you about yesterday, Marvel came out and said they are releasing the IMAX versions of every one of their movies that were filmed in IMAX to Disney Plus. So you'll be able to go back and rewatch any Marvel movie in IMAX format. So yeah. the large format that IMAX comes, which is much taller format, right? It's not as yeah. wide as the, the traditional movie screen is. It's it's a much more broader up and down format. And yeah, uh, visually it'll give you more information about the film. I mean, yeah. I think that's cool, especially Endgame. Yeah, you know? that's one that I'm excited to watch in IMAX. I mean, that's going to be crazy. So every one of those is going to be released on Friday as well. Another really big, uh, exciting announcement. Now, what are the things we're looking forward to? Now, I, I know they're going, we're hopefully, and this is, I would be shocked if this doesn't happen, 
we're going to be getting some trailers for some of the content we know Marvel's bringing to Disney+. Plus. We're hoping to get a trailer for She-Hulk. We're hoping to get a tra- trailer for Moon Knight. Yeah. We're hoping to get a trailer for Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Um, the, the, the shows that are kind of in the post-production or, or kind of, you know, they're, they're already done filming or, or partially w- through their filming process. We've already had a teaser reel for Miss Marvel, so I think we're definitely going to get a Miss Marvel trailer. I think uh, we're going to see Moon Knight in his costume. I think uh, we're going to see Oscar dressed up as uh, uh, Moon Knight, and I, I think we're going to see She-Hulk. I think we're going to see what She-Hulk will look like. and well, CGI, I, I, we're going to get that. So excited. Yeah, yeah, so we should get trailers for those Disney Plus series that are coming in the near term. So when the, within the next six months, we know all three of those are coming within the next six months. We should get another Hawkeye trailer, I believe, because um, that is releasing in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. yeah so we're, we're getting uh, right after Thanksgiving, day before Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're getting that uh, really quickly. So hopefully, you know, we're going to see some of those trailers that were been some of the content we know is coming very quickly. But the thing I'm looking forward to most. I'm hoping they're going to give us some hard and fast. Uh, hard and fast is a loose term. They're going to give us some release dates for these series. So we've been told, we know Hawkeye's coming out the day before Thanksgiving. We know that. But we don't know when Ms. Marvel's coming out. No. We don't know when She-Hulk's coming out. We nope. don't know when Moon Knight's coming out. So I'm hoping we're going to get those release dates for those series given to us. And... They may give us some loose release dates for some of the other ones further down the line. Yeah, like in 2023, this is coming out, this is coming out, this is coming out. Yeah, we so. know the like the the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday specials coming next Christmas. Yes. And we know I Am Groot is coming at some point in time. We yeah. know there's a bunch of things that we know are coming. So give us they'll give us at least, you know, December 2020 2022, yeah. you know, or July 2022. So we'll get some hopefully some loose release dates around that. That'll be very exciting. The other thing I'm looking forward to is casting announcements for some of the series that we know are coming. So they've they've given us some broadcastings, but there's been some people cast in roles that we don't know yet. And hopefully they'll announce who are playing these parts in some of these series. That's what I'm looking forward to as well. The last thing there we know or we've been told there's other series planned that they have not officially come out and talked about. Correct. That's what I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah. Like you know, we've been told, hey, they're going to be doing a uh, Agatha Harkness series. Right. We've, you know, we've been they've, they've signed her on to do her own Disney Plus series. Well, great. Who's going to be in it? You know, when's right. that going to come out? Right. Um, but some of those series that we know are kind of in the works, we hope we're going to get some, you know, more information about. And I, I mean, this is going to be Disney Plus's day. This is going to be the day they're really going to try to hype that service up. So Secret they get more invasion. Right. Iron Wars, um, Iron Heart, Iron Heart. Those, uh, those Wakanda are, Forever is another one we we know is coming. Right. right? So some some of that information maybe you know just officially announcing, hey, we got these things coming uh, down the pipe. So uh, I'm excited about. Yeah, that. and I mean, there's been you know we we know that Loki season two is coming. Well, when is that coming? Right. right. We know there are there, they've already got that in the hopper. Yep. Uh, we know what if season two is coming. So, right. You know what's going on with that? So I'm just so excited. I think I think guys pay attention. I'm sure it'll all eventually get released on YouTube and be on demand. I'm sure it'll be on Disney Plus somewhere as well. But pay attention on Friday, folks. There's going to be a lot of of announcements, and I'm sure Titanium will be hitting the Twitter button um, and updating our audience on that too. So if you're not following us on Twitter, it's at SuperTalkPod on Twitter. Uh, Give us a follow, and we'll we'll keep you up to date on what's being released and what's being announced. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted one other topic I wanted to get on. Uh, you and I have had a bit of a discussion or debate about this. Um, we have not yet gotten the next trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. There has been a number of outlets out there that are pulling leaked footage and discussing leaked footage and talking about some of the things that have been leaked. And you know what? Super Talk is not in the business of discussing nor covering nor you know discussing in depth leaked information. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll talk about rumors, we'll talk about innuendos, we'll talk about predictions. Um, but if somebody leaks something and it's pretty credible, uh, I don't want to spoil it for fans. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and and a lot of a lot of speculation, and and rightfully so. I mean, this is this is a franchise. Spider Man is a franchise that 
It, it is absolutely obsessed over and it's it has a huge following and people are starved for the Spider-Man content. Uh, it's been pushed back. Um, they Well, there's people that, that have channels and that are dedicated around them releasing new content every day. Uh, and they have nothing but you know, these leaks to talk about. That's like the only thing that, that's out there. And so I understand why they're doing it, but it just kind of ends up being too much. So, you know, so many times we've burnt in the past where these are like fan-made stuff, you know, they're fake, you know, they're, yeah. they're doctored up and all. And it's like, come yeah. on guys. Look, when, when there's something for us to see, we'll be, we'll be happy to cover it and we'll talk about it and we'll be excited about it. Heck, we did a special episode to talk about the first trailer. So we'll be very excited about it. That being said, there was something that was released this week officially from Sony, and that was the official movie poster, a new movie poster for Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. That movie poster is official. Right. And Sony sent it out and said, hey, go ahead and zoom and enhance and find all the little Easter eggs you can in this movie poster. And um, there's millions of people out there that have done that. But we got a really good look at what character we kind of assumed was going to be in the movie. Sure. We saw it in this movie poster. Yeah. Right? We saw so, the goblin bomb, the green um, goblin. Yeah. We saw the goblin bomb in, uh, in one of the teasers. Um, it did the first trailer, uh, on the bridge when he's fighting doc, Ock, a bomb comes over and we know it's a goblin bomb, but, uh, in this poster, we see him on his, um, on his little wing glider. glider. Yeah. 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 So he's on his glider in his full green goblin uniform, uh, the William Defoe kind of looking version of the Green Goblin. Hey, you know, so that if if nothing else, it confirms he's going to be in that movie. I think the other confirmation is, you know, we know Jamie Foxx is going to be in the movie. I think that's the other one that everybody's willing to talk about because it's been a, a pretty it's low been confirmed, secret, yeah. right? So, but all the other stuff. Look, I feel this trailer is going to come out. Look, it's we've got a movie coming out from Sony. A week from Friday, it'll be coming out the nineteenth. Uh, Ghostbusters Eternal, or what, what is it? Yeah. Ghostbusters Forever. I don't know what yeah. the new one's called, but the new Ghostbusters movie. Paul comes, Rudd's in it. Yeah, comes out a week from Friday, and that's a Sony movie. I would not be surprised if they attach this trailer to that movie. So there's guess number one. Guess number two is that weekend is D twenty three. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is Marvel's big. Expo, where they talk about everything, or not Marvel, Disney's big expo, D23. They talk about everything Disney. They talk about movies, they talk about television shows, they talk about theme parks, they talk about everything. And that's an entire weekend. I think we'll see a lot of the stuff we see on Disney Plus Day there. I think we'll see some movie trailers and some movie announcements there. Hey, what a great opportunity to solidify the partnership between Disney and Sony and Spider-Man, and that may be a time to release it. You know, I think we're going to get it within the next week or two. There's no more. I mean, it's coming out in like a month and a half. The movie's yeah. coming out Christmas. So we're going to get this trailer soon. I know there's a lot of secrets that people that Sony's trying to keep about this movie, and they don't want to release too much too quick because people, you know, they've all, well, we're talking about it now. Shows are talking about it every day. Yeah. We're doing their job for them promoting sure. this movie. Yeah. So the, the more secrets they release, the less you know, assumptions we can make about what's going to happen and the less yeah. we can talk about. So we're going to see Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in a trailer. Make Maybe the trailer we see two weeks before the movie comes out. Who knows? We'll talk about it for yeah. sure. Uh, Tom Holland, again, uh, just two days ago, went out and said, you know, I've learned my lesson. You guys have to trust me. They're not in this movie. <laughs> but it's Tom Holland. Guys. I got it. I got you know, it. So... Anyway, interesting, but you know, hey, we, we're, nobody's more excited about this than, than super talk, right? Yeah. We are as excited as everybody else is. Um, when I, we have stuff to talk about, I still about, think it's going to be busy. I still think the movie's going to be busy. I trust in Sony and Marvel and their collaboration. They put out great products so far. Uh, I just think it's, it's going to be really busy, but I felt that way about the Eternals too. Um, so I'm shutting it down. I'll, I'll, if the trailer comes out, I'll watch the trailer, but all the new releases and the new clips and all that and the promotional material, I like to shut it down because I did that with the Eternals and I think it paid off for me. Good. So 
that's our that's our point on Spider-Man this week. We'll get to it when we have something to talk about for sure, and hopefully we do very soon. Absolutely. All right, well, let's jump right into the topic of the week this week, brought to you, as always, by our friends over at Studio GG Studios. Studio GG Studios, Corn on the Cob, Home of the Man Band. They are releasing Buffalo Tim soon? I mean, is this happening? I mean, I, I've been told that this is happening. Yeah, I just saw uh, a little video clip of the epoxy floor. It's drying. I guess it takes a while to, to okay. dry. They're repainting the whole studio, and they're moving equipment in. So it should be soon. It should be very All right, soon. We're excited for it. So yeah. uh, go check them out. We always put a link to their uh, page in our show notes. Please support them. They've done a great job supporting us, of course. Um, topic of the week this week, our big review of the Eternal movie, uh, you and I saw the movie together. It, I, you know, I'd love to hear your impressions of it. You know, look, just baseline for me, I thought it was great. I don't know why the critics are panning it so much. If they are, I don't know why the consumers haven't grasped onto this movie more than they should. I thought it was great. Like I was pleasant. My expectations were pretty low. Mine too, because of kind of the talk so far. Mine too, absolutely. But I thought it was great. Yeah, I did too. I I really like this movie. I I've been painting it for I guess months months now. I've been saying I don't know. It's a big step. Uh, I I I was right about one thing. And by the way, I was wrong. I was right about one thing. It visually it was spectacular, stunning. It yeah. was beautifully shot. Some of the scenes and some of the backdrops were. You, they're all natural. They shot with great camera angles. I, I one of my favorite things is the way this movie was shot for sure. The music, the score was off the charts, right on. It, it actually evoked emotions when no characters were even on. Well, the guy who wrote the score is the same guy who wrote the mu- music for Game of Thrones. Awesome. I mean, I mean, I mean, they, they hit a home run with that yeah. guy. I mean, I mean, if anybody's watched the Game of Thrones series, I mean, some of the most iconic you know, music for a television series ever. Um, Just the music yeah. uh, is phenomenal. So I, I was definitely wrong. I said, I don't know about this. Uh, I heard it's going to be very unusual and different than any Marvel movie. And I guess it was. Uh, my only criticism is it was a little long. Um, and that's it, to be honest with you. Even the slow parts. And there were plenty of slow parts, folks. Don't get me wrong. There are slow p- parts. But the slow parts are so great because they build a, a, an attachment to those characters and you learn about the emotional attachment they have for each other. And I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great, great movie. I'd, I'd put it right up there, um, you know, not next to Shang-Chi, but I would put it right up there, man. It was, I thought the, the opening first five minutes was spectacular. I mean, I, th- I was like, holy cow. And again, I shut it down early and I'm going to do it with Spider-Man because I enjoyed this movie so much more for not watching the second trailer and not watching all the clips and, and all that information. So um, what do you think about the, the was it too much CGI, too much special effects? No, I, I thought it was perfect, you know, and, and, and again, they had some grand designs for this movie. This movie was supposed to really solidify some of those galactic otherworldly threats that you know we're going to be seeing in the MCU and, cosmic and, threat yeah, right and this has definitely done that and oh. it told the story of some pretty powerful cosmic beings in the uh, in 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 the celestials um but you know kind of gave the backstory of the eternals and and I I agree with you they did a great job look this is a family that's been together for thousands of years they were together for thousands of years, and their job was to shepherd the human race and help them evolve and move forward and become more, you know, more evolved as a race. And And it showed their connection to the human race. And in the different periods of time that they were active, uh, you know, they were only supposed to be interfering with hum- the human race when deviants were evolved, yeah. involved. And they did that. They protected the, the humans from the deviants. But, you know, they really made their connection emotional. They, yeah. This was an emotional connection. I mean, um, Cersei and, uh, and, and Icarus had a multi-thousand-year relationship. You know, they were, you know, they were married in the movie, you know. And it's like, you know, you saw that. And then they split up, you know. And, and then she, you know, starts seeing Dane Whitman and 
Um, you know, he, he likes her very much, but you know, he's like, you know, heard your old boyfriend's, uh, he can fly. Oh yeah. He's a pilot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. lots and he of accuses funny- her. Are you a wizard like Dr. Strange? I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, and I, I think every character played a great role in this movie. They had some great actors in this movie, great yeah. actors in this movie. They all played their role very well. They all were featured at some point in time in different pieces during, during the movie. You got to see each one of their powers being used mostly when they were fighting the deviants, but there were other times when other powers were more useful. And I thought it was really, really well done. I, I think the, the thing that, that really is difficult for the audience, and maybe this is where it didn't connect with the viewers so much. It was complicated. Yeah. I mean, it was a complex story to grasp hold of. Okay. So hang on a second. There's these beings called the celestials. Uh-huh. And one of the things I want to get into on the show this week is, this is the first Marvel movie that ever started with the Star Wars kind of text box that's raising up the screen. Yeah. It's never happened on in a Marvel movie before. But they it started with in the beginning, and there's right. another famous book that starts like that. Like, <laughs> I think it's the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was really shocking. And- yeah, and they showed this text, and they were kind of using that text to explain kind of the origin of the Celestials and 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 the Eternals, and. There's a lot of lies that are told in that portion of the movie. Yeah. Um, what the way that it was explained to us, the audience, is before there was anything, mm-hmm. there was an eternal. I mean, a, a celestial. The celestial was the first thing that was ever. Erishim was the first thing that was ever created, and then he was tasked with creating life around the universe, and he was responsible for creating suns and planets and galaxies, s- galaxies and solar systems and. And that was him that did all that. And then he decided, well, I need some help. And so I'll start seeding these planets with seeds of other celestials that can help me out. And then they'll, you know, be born and we'll have plenty of these guys around that can kind of do the same thing I'm doing across the entire uh, cosmos, right? And so we were told that that's why they were existed. And the story also was told was that the deviants were a threat to these life forms on these planets. And so they were forced to create the, the, the Eternals to protect these life forms on these planets from the deviants. Yeah. You know, the deviants were kind of a, a predator, you know, a race of predators that was on these planets. And I had to create the Eternals to go protect these races so that they could continue to evolve. Now we got told the kind of the true story later on in the movie, but that's the kind of the, the picture that was being painted for us. And we saw, um, the Domo, which is their spaceship, uh, the Eternal spaceship, get to Earth for the first time, and this is um, back in Mesopotamia when the human race was still, you know, was just, you know, kind of really evolved into what the humans that we see today. And we see them, you know, drop down out of their ship and fight off a bunch of deviants that were going to kill some of the humans. Yeah. And then you know you kind of get some story, you know, through the, the hundreds and thousands of years that they were around. Yeah, they had to unpack a lot in the beginning to kind of get us there, right? And I thought they did a great job at that. And I think that's what the critics didn't like. It was so much information and it was so much to unpack that they were overanalyzing everything and how how much information and how much you had to follow along. But, uh, you know, I think the, the audiences really dug it. I mean, it wasn't, it was complicated, uh, but it wasn't too hard to follow. Um, and I think as a novice, let's put it this way. My youngest daughter, uh, Gabby, she, she doesn't read a ton of comics. She, she loves this stuff, but she's not in the comic book world. She didn't know who the Celestials were. She loved this movie and she's pretty tough. I mean, she yeah. doesn't like it. So lot. she liked it as well. Right? Yeah, she loved it. She wants to go see it again. I mean, yeah. she really liked this movie. So that speaks volumes that where the audience is and the critics, I think they got it wrong, man. I, I think they just... I don't know if they're grandstanding, standing up on their soapbox just to kind of. I was be, waiting for the bad part of the movie to show up. I'm like, I, I was like, where's oh, the it's bad gonna be part? Long. It's going to be. There's going to be some slow parts, but I found myself completely engaged during the slow parts and kind of following along with the story. I thought there were some great twists and some turns that weren't so complicated that you got lost. I mean, I kind of followed it, right? Yeah. So I guess the story that we were told in the movie, you know, obviously we're giving away a lot of some plot points. So if you haven't seen it, you know, please turn away. But 
the the fact is that these Eternals were a family and they were there to protect the human race and cultivate the human race. They were there to help them out. And then we saw that plenty of scenes where they were showing them how to, you know, farm and how, you know, they, we know that, that Fastos, their engineer, you know, wanted to create the steam engine like way earlier than they needed. And they're like, no, 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 it's too early for that. And they're like, well, here's something I've invented. It's called the plow. And they're <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah, they need to farm so we can give that to them. Um, so I guess, you know, the, the theory is that he was involved or, or responsible for some of the, the keen inventions that, that were created throughout history. Uh, the Eternals and him specifically was. But, you know, they're shepherding the human race for, I, I guess, I can't remember when they first... Sh- showed up in on earth but around 1500 mid 1500 ad was the spanish inquisition um and they were there and they were like you know wanted to to interfere and and stop this bloodshed is yeah. what they and saw the reason why that whole change they they kind of diverted from their mission at least some of them was diverting from their mission it's because they've grown attached to these people they they see that they can the the there's a lot of bad that they're doing they're fighting they're but they also love and they're happy and they're, there's a lot of good as well. And I think a lot of that started to pull the Eternals in different directions. But what happens is they had killed off what they believed was the last deviant on Earth. I mean, they had been hunting them for thousands of years and they killed off the last one. And they're like, look, we're not supposed to be interfering. We're not supposed to be doing anything. We need to stay away. And they kind of broke up. You know, basically they, they said, hey, we're going to... Just go our own ways, and you should go off and live your life. Like, you know, create a life for yourself. Go live your life. Live amongst these people. Yeah. But there's no reason for us to be together as a team anymore because our job has pretty much been completed. Right. Um, and so they did. They went off and kind of lived their own lives, and they kind of established their own. We And we found out what they've all been up to <laughs> for, for a long time. Uh, Kingo went off and became a Bollywood movie star, and he you know, kind of hid himself, you know, at times where, you know, but in it, multi-generations. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's like his great grandfather yeah. and his grandfather and his that father and then him um, was his stare. And so he's been a Bollywood star for, for, for hundreds, you know, a couple hundred years at least. Um, and we know Cersei, you know, moved to London and was working in a museum. And um, we know uh, Fastos had a family. He got married and, and had a family and they adopted a, a, a son and, um, you know, he was kind of on his own doing that. And so, and we know Thena and, um, Gilgamesh. Yeah. So Thena, there was a port, this was the part, part of the movie where they kind of split up. She had a little bit of a mental breakdown and, you know, something happened to her where she started yeah. fighting her she teammates. Had this, she had this condition, this mind condition where her old memories, uh, weren't completely erased and they were coming back and haunting her. Well, we don't want to get into the eraser part, but yeah. she was... She was experiencing memories that weren't of her lifetime. Yes. So her lifetime on Earth, the thousands of years she had been on Earth, she was remembering things from when she wasn't on Earth. And people were like, what's going on? They didn't understand what was happening. And, the, you know, Gilgamesh had the ability to kind of calm her down and get her out of that state. So the two of them went off and lived in isolation together, um, you know, because he could protect her and kind of take care of her. But, you know, she's still not 100% there mentally. But Ajax basically was like, look, the entire team go off and do your own thing. And we, you know, we catch up with Cersei. She's living in London and Sprite is there with her. And I guess she's been there for some time together and they've kind of been hanging out together, but Cersei's dating Dane Whitman. And we see an attack on London is a deviant. And they're like, is that a deviant? Oh my God. You know, the first time we've seen a deviant in you know, a, a few hundred years, what's going on. Um, and that's when Icarus shows up, and then they kind of were like, hey, the Deviants are back. We need to get back together. Yeah, and it's interesting. The Deviants aren't going after the humans. They're going after the Eternals. Now they're attacking the Eternals. Yeah. They used to just kill humans, and now they're hunting down the Eternals, right. which is also new for them. Yes, which was interesting. Yeah. And we saw the uh, the the Deviants now had powers that they didn't have before. This one Deviant um, had the ability to heal itself. So Icarus would... You know, zap his eye beams at it, and typically would would have killed a deviant. But 
that was able to heal itself. And they're like, whoa, that's new. That's never been able to do that before. What's happening? So they decide to reform the team. They go off in search of all the other Eternals. And they say, hey, we need to get back together and figure out what's going on. Yeah, which was very cool. I mean, and all throughout all of this, we get some character building. We get some backstory. They do some Um, flashbacks of showing them in previous times in history and what they've been doing, what they've been up to. They need to go find uh, Ajax, who is their... The uh, what's it called? The Prime the, Eternal. So she's basically the leader, and she's the one that can communicate to Armistead. Airshem. Right? Airshem, yeah. The, yeah. The big uh, celestial. Right. The, the celestial that put them there. She has the she has this um, orb uh, orb that goes into her body and allows her to communicate with Airshem, the Judge. And you know he tells her, you know, hey, you're doing just great. Keep keep on mission. You know, you're doing fine. Everything's good. Um, and we find out that later on in the movie, that um, Erisham had implanted a celestial seed in Earth. Right. And this is kind of some of the plot that's given up to us, is that um, the life forms on a planet create... They have their own kind of energy Energy. that they give off. Yeah. And the more uh, that life form populates, the, the larger it grows the more energy it's feeding to the celestial seeds. Positive and negative. The more people is on on the planet and the more conflict and the more they interact with each other and the more they thrive and grow and evolve, uh, that energy basically incubates the seed of the celestial in the main. So it's actually helping it grow and grow. And, and I guess it grew a lot because, you know, apparently the snap, when it brought back half the population it it sped up the emergence which is the birth of a celestial in the heart of your planet right so when um thanos had blinked half of the population of the universe away it slowed down that process and it would have been delayed for several you know decades possibly but then when the hulk brought everybody back it then created this energy flux that just sped that process back up again and now they were like a week away from that emergence happening yeah. and all the celestial all the eternals were like oh and they learn that when a celestial's born the planet is destroyed i mean like literally imagine all life know, on that planet's destroyed yeah all life on that planet's destroyed and again the eternals are like look we've been in charge of protecting this population of humans on this planet for thousands of years and now all of a sudden they're all going to die yeah and some of them didn't like that. Some no. of them wanted to to figure out a way to stop it and help them. But some of them felt like, you know, the that's life of job. this planet. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're we're here to help them as much as possible to help the celestial, and then that celestial in turn will develop billions of other planets and 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 trillions of other life forms. That celestial so, will be responsible for seeding so many other planets that you know the the right. the, the net positive of life forms is is worth it. Correct. From the celestial's perspective. In the celestial's perspective and some of the internals. So IE Icarus who we find out is is uh, very dedicated to the mission, and regardless of all the Eternals' feelings or or, or or anything like that, he's he's focused on finishing that mission. Well, we learned a lot, and and this happened. Ajak ended up dying, so the the prime prime Eternal ended up dying. The orb goes into Cersei. She's now in charge of the orb, and she can communicate with Erisham, even though she doesn't know how to. She she hasn't figured that out. But we find out Ajak dies. And Ajak had told Icarus that for the first time in her millions of years on, you know, she is, doesn't want to go along with the plan. And so we get the MacGuffin here is that the Eternals have been around for millions of years. Yeah. What happens is, is the Celestials place the Eternals on a planet that they're cultivating so that that life forms on those planets can thrive and then birth this celestial that was seeded there. Yeah, and here's my question. Do they also place the deviants there? Yeah, he said that. Yeah. So he said what happens is when the planets are created, there are natural predators that feed on the 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 race that's going to become the dominant race on that planet. They're natural predators on that planet that will feed on that 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 race. So think about apes, like for example, apes were going to evolve into humans. Yeah, dinosaurs. 
Right. So there were dinosaurs. So we need something to clear out all the dinosaurs so that these apes can evolve into the human race. And so he, you know, Erisham admitted, I created the deviants and I would put them on these planets so that they could hunt the predators on that planet so that the dominant race could evolve to what it needs to be and, and basically populate the planet. What he said was, unfortunately, when I created the deviants, I gave them the ability to evolve. Mm -hmm. So what was happening is they were evolving to a point where they would get out of control and they ultimately would stop hunting the predators and would start hunting the the dominant race of that planet, i.e. the humans. So he's like, look, it was okay when they were hunting the dinosaurs, but when they started hunting the humans, that's a problem. I needed to find a way to to cull that that population of deviants that I put there, and that's why I created the Eternals. And I put them on there so they would hunt all the deviants so that the human race could thrive. So, right? he, so he, he populates the planet with deviants to kind of clean it out and help the, the dominant race that should be the dominant race there. And he puts the Eternals in at one point once the dominant race is, is established to help kill the deviants. Yeah, yeah so he said that. And, he said, so he, and they've been doing this across multiple planets for millions of years. Right. Ajak was the only one that knew this. She had known the whole story. And what he does is, uh, Ershim, when he gets to the point where the Celestials you know, birthed from the planet, he pulls the Eternals out, and he brings them back to this headquarters, which is called the something, Galactic Forge, I believe it's called. The World Forge. World Forge. Uh-huh. And he brings them back there, which is where they were created. And he this is where he creates Eternals. And then he keeps all of their memories stored in this giant wall and he keeps all the memories and he said what they brings them back there wipes all their memories and then puts them back on a spaceship and send them to a new planet and they've done this many 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 times yeah and those are the memories that thena somehow was tapping into for some reason they weren't erased properly and that's yeah. how she was going kind of little bonkers yeah, right right um but this has happened many times over yeah. and ajak was like i'm done this can't keep happening i mean they we are we love these people. We can't let them them perish, right? Yeah, I think part of it was this planet was had a specific role in bringing half life back in the whole universe that was snapped away. They found a way to bring it back, and I think she respected that, and she kind of was in awe of that that these humans right. uh, had figured out a way to do that. So very interesting. And then and then once Cersei becomes the the new leader, uh, Aramis kind of explains all of this to her and explains that they're not really human. Uh, they're just symbiotes, right? They're robots. Yeah. yeah basically. He says, they're, they're created. They're, they're symbiotes. There's hundreds of them that he dispatches groups of these 10 all over. So there are many different Eternals uh, and a lot of different Eternals throughout the galaxy. Yeah. And, and yeah. about the universe, right? Right. And, and, you know, so look, few things happen in the movie a couple of the you know ajak passes away gilgamesh you know sacrifices himself for his family as well um this one uh deviant crow has found out one of the ways that it's evolved is it's figured out a way to steal the powers from an eternal that's why they're hunting them right so he can tap into the eternal siphon off all that galactic energy the eternal has and then give it back to the other deviants Mm -hmm. and evolve them and create you know different and more advanced deviants um and so he's done that and he's now kind of like a a pretty badass uh a deviant that they have to hunt down but uh, as you mentioned you know there were a couple of of eternals that didn't really like what was going on and and, or wanted to keep the the status quo and what icarus is one of them and yeah we find out he's kind of the bad guy in this movie but I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's more of a protagonist. I think he, he, he definitely isn't the big villain. I, I thought the deviants. Well, uh, he he wanted to stay on mission. He, he believed to stay in on the mission. mission. He right. he felt dedicated to the cause and felt like the Celestials knew what they were doing and they'd been doing it for billions of years. And he wanted to stay on point. And I I don't blame him for that. But uh, ultimately, uh, his love for Cersei. Um, I think affected him. And at the very, very end, I, th- I think he pulled away for, from that. Yeah. And, and we found out that Sprite was in love with him as well, but yeah. she was trapped in this 
um, you know, child body. Yeah. Um, even though she's thousands of years old, she's trapped in the body of a child. And so she's never going to be seen as a love interest of Icarus, even though, you know, she's been in love with him for her whole yeah. life. Um, and so she also kind of like, you know, turns away from the team. I, I tell you what, just I mean, look, you know, the movie, I, we don't need to give away the entire ending unless you really want to, but no, no, no. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the thing, a couple of things that hit me, um, you know, I think Fastos was a big surprise to me. I mean, not only the powers that he had and, and his engineering powers, but when he kind of had to had to kind of lay down and fight a little bit, he could. And he actually put Icarus in a bit of a, a you know, bind there. He was creating all these, uh, uh, I guess, handcuffs or whatever that he would put on Icarus and it would siphon his power away from him. So he was like one guy that was able to kind of, right, you know, Control Icarus. Stop Icarus. Yeah. Um, and the other one was a big home run was Makari. What a badass speedster. So suppose she is the fastest being in the universe. Wow. That's, I mean, her. she is the fastest, you know, life form in the universe. Wow. Um, Incredible. I thought the special effects and showing her as a speedster, and I've seen a oh. lot. We've seen, you know, Quicksilver. We've seen the Flash, the series Flash. Uh, we've seen this Flash movie. Um, Flash is a little different because they go. He goes into another dimension, the Speed Force, and then moves through that. Um, but I thought the way they uh, interpreted her speed was excellent. Oh my god, it was it great. was crazy. There, yeah. There's one point in the movie where Fastos, you know, tells her she needs to go find where the emergence is happening, and she basically runs out of the ship and basically runs around the entire globe looking for this emergent spot and finds it within seconds. I mean, you yeah. could see her just zooming through everything. Yeah. And there's lots of points in the movie where she's saving people that are being hunted. You know, she's just grabbing them all one by one and moving them out of the way. Right. As the deviants about to bite them, they're like gone. Oh yeah. And, and, but she's, you know, her and Icarus eventually go at it a little bit during the fight scene. And she's, beating the crap out of him. I mean, just totally owning him for a point in time. I'm like, man, she was a big badass in this movie too. I love the ending. I, I thought it was great the way they kind of, uh, they lost some Eternals. Uh, they kind of split the team up at the end. and um, um, But they were all focused on the main saving Earth. Um, I thought it was great. Um, I, I, I do have some questions about one of the main characters, Icarus. Like what happened to him? I don't think he's done. He's done. Uh, is he done? He flew into the sun. Uh, okay, but I'm just saying it's Icarus. I mean, I'm just saying. I think there's something there. I mean, at the I, end, he apologized and said, I screwed up. I'm sorry. And he was so devastated of what he had done. He took off and flew directly into the sun. And, I mean, you think he can survive flying into the sun? You know, he's an eternal. I don't know. So we'll see. I we'll think see. it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, we know there's more Icaruses out there. There's other Eternals. Well, there's other Eternals, yeah. right? Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know if he's coming back at all. I mean, it's possible. I guess anything's possible. But they did say the Eternals will return, so we, I hope we get a a another Eternals too because um, I thought it was great. Well, that I mean, we got to talk about something because you know this ties into some of the post credit scenes at the end of the movie. Three of the Eternals, um, Thena. Druig and Makai, Makari, yeah, Makari, Thena, Druig, and Makari go on the domo and leave Earth, and they're they're they've decided they're going to go out and try to find other Eternals, and so they said they they hey, there's other people like us out there. We need to see if we can find them, and I feel they they think I. I believe they feel they they have to do something about this celestials kind of just doing whatever they want to. And they kind of need to figure out a way to kind of right. stop that. Um, so they they get on the domo and they leave and fly away and they're on the domo leave earth. Uh, we know there's three that stay. So Cersei and, uh, Fastos, Kingo, Kingo and Fastos stay on earth uh -huh. and Sprite Sprite, so which Fastos stays with his family. Sprite was turned into a human yeah. So uh, that was one thing that Cersei was able to do. She she cr she made Sprite a human so that she would grow up, become an adult, and eventually die. She that she said, if I do this, you're going to eventually die, grow old and die. But if that's what you want, I'll, I'll do that for you. So she did. Turned her into a human, and she's going to a boarding school. She's going to go live with Kingo and go to go to school. Um, and then Cersei stays, and she's you know going to stay in London and and be with uh, Dane Whitman. Yeah. And then Arisham shows up oh. and grabs Fastos 
um, Cersei and Kingo and pulls them off the earth and says, you know, I don't, I'm not happy with what you did here. Um, but I'm going to analyze your memories and I will come back and these people will be judged. Right. Yeah. And I will let them live right now and we will, we will access your memories and I will come back and the, they will be judged. They will be judged. That's what he said. So they're gone. And the other three that are on the domo, and at, at that point in time, you know, Dane Whitman sees her be pulled off the earth. She's like, he's like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. Right when he was about to tell her about his, his complicated uncle, uncle family my history. Fi- my his- my family history is very complicated. Yeah. Um, which is the other post credit scene we'll get into. But then the, the domo, the crew on the domo, um, like, hey, we haven't heard from anybody in, in, in days. The, something's wrong. We need to go back. And we can kind of get into the the post credit scenes now. Yeah, I mean spoilers here, guys. The, the, but it, there's so many plot lines that were opened up, and there's so many storylines that were opened up in this movie that could continue forward in other series, in other movies. Uh, I thought that was great too. I really enjoyed that. But uh, when they're in the domo, um, there's like almost like a a phasing type situation going on. And they all feel it in the hallway. Something happens. It was like a rainbow-colored thing, uh, in which kind Bifrost of kind yeah, of traveling, similar to the Bifrost, yeah, kind similar of to Thor when he's gets teleporting, transported, right? Teleporting. Um, and out pops this rolls kind of this drunk troll, and we find out it's Pip the Troll, which is in comic book is a very famous character. As a matter of fact, in Infinity Gauntlet, he he played a pivotal role, but he's this. He's from this planet, uh, and they kind of look like trolls. That Pip the troll, and um, but he, he has, was a, he, has the ability, <laughs> he has the ability to teleport. So that's his like thing is he can teleport, you know, throughout the universe, yeah. and and uh, he you know teleports into the ship kind of drunk, and then he makes this big announcement, and then out of the teleportation rainbow bridge thing comes the Prince of Titan, the the brother defeater, of Thanos, the brother of Thanos, the Prince of Titan, the defeater of. Uh, Black Ro- Robert, he said, and then when um, Star Fox gets there, he says it's 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 Roger, it's it's Black Roger, Black Roger. I guess is a bad guy that he defeated, and it's kind of well known that was one of his big things that he did. But the character is Star Fox, uh, who's a, a well known character, space based or cosmic based character in the comic books as well. Um, is the brother of Thanos, the younger brother of Thanos, um, being played by? Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Wow. I, I think that's great. I think it's smart. Yeah. Smart casting. They're going to pull in another whole generation of people that love him musically and want to see him. It's brilliant. But he's wearing a very comic book accurate red and white uniform. Yeah. He's got the red hair. It it, it was spot on. Spot just on. Great. And he, he comes out and he has one of the celestial orbs in his hand and he says... He says, I know where your friends are, and I know how to find them. Yeah, and they're in trouble. Your friends are in friends trouble, are, and I know, how I to, know where they are, and I know how to find them. Yeah, and so... Uh, he's an this, eternal. Yeah, he's an eternal. He is an eternal. Yeah. And we can kind of get into his history if you want to, but you know, his they're from Titan. That's where, where, where Thanos is from. Um, they're, they were born Eternals. They were not created Eternals. Yeah. Now, this movie may be different. They may be created the same way our Eternals were in the movie, but... Um, they were born, you know, they were his brother to Thanos. Thanos was his older brother. Thanos was born. He had a, had a, the deviant, uh, gene. Yeah. So mutation. And, and that's why he looks purple and, you know, a little bit different. Yeah. yeah with, with the uh, still grimace, you yeah. know, with a nutsack chin. <laughs> we'll um, get into, we'll get into Eos in, in the next episode. Eros. Eros. I'm sorry. We'll get into star Fox. How about that? Yeah. Star Fox in the next episode and give his backstory. Cause I'm, I'm, but you know, big, I mean, huge, whether this is, you know, just planning for the next Eternals movie, which is possible, but it, you know, it is also possible that we see one or many of these characters in any space-based movie, whether it be Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or Thor Love yeah. and Thunder or... Give me more Nova. cosmic stuff. Yeah. I love it. Silver Surfer. I mean, yeah. we, we don't know where we might see these uh, characters again, but great reveal. And again, this was one of the spoilers that we were talking about last week when kind of came out earlier. Like, you know, this was... I, I wish nobody I had wish said nobody anything. I wish nobody had said anything. I would have loved to have that to hit me. Now, the second post credit scene, I knew nothing about. I didn't read anything about it. I knew nothing about it. I didn't know if... 
if uh, Black Knight was going to be in it. I didn't know if Dane Whitman was going to reveal something. I didn't even know he was going to be in the second post credit scene. I thought it was going to be something completely different in my mind. And I was so happy that I didn't because it was, it hit me at the very end and I was like, Whoa. So as you mentioned, Dane Whitman had explained to Cersei right before she got pulled off the planet that I wanted to talk to you about my family. My family's history is a bit complicated. Yeah. So during the movie, she had said, hey, you know, you've you've been estranged from your uncle. I think it's time for you guys to make up. And this is now the time. And I she was saying she knew his the history. Well, she was saying that to him because the world was going to end. And she's like, you know, now's the time to make peace with your uncle. Yeah. And she gave him a, in the movie, gave him a ring with his family's uh, sigil on it, which yeah. is the the kind of the crow oh. flying through the air uh, of the Black Knight, which he wears on his uniform. Well, in this post credit scene, we see him in a kind of a study that's yeah. got a bunch of artifacts around it. And there's this big case. And on the case is his family sigil on it. Yeah. And he opens the case up and this big, loud noise happens. And we see a sword that's wrapped in some cloth. cloth. Um, but Badass it's, a, it's a black blade with a with an intricate handle. And what was the the saying that was on the he said, oh. Death is my reward. Death is your reward. Yeah. Yeah. Death is my reward or something like that. And he's like, oh, he says, he said something like, I don't want to, but I think I have to. And he goes, reaches forward and he's, he's getting ready to touch the and sword. The blade is moving. You can see like kind of a liquefied effect on the blade and it's kind of moving towards his fingers. And then we hear a voice from off screen say, are you sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? And it's. Mahershala Ali blade. blade yeah Ali's voice that freaked me out said, I was like yeah are you sure you're ready for this Mr. Whitman and he's standing there that's badass but you don't see him it's off screen you just hear him so again the excitement I got from that was Oof. well we know the Blade movie's coming we know yeah. it's coming sometime in the next two years we yeah. believe not next year probably the year after hopefully the year after if we're lucky we know that's in, in place. I'm hoping we're going to get some more information about that during D23. Please, Kevin Feige, tell us what's going on with Blade. But now this tells me we may see Dane Whitman as the Black Knight in the Blade movie. Wow. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah. Because, hey, if you're going to feed on souls, you might as well feed on vampires because nobody cares, right? right. That's right. So that's the right. story behind the, the, the Black Knight is the sword is the, the Black Blade, it, it, it basically feeds on the souls of the individuals that it, that yeah. it kills. And it yeah. has a thirst. And yeah. the, the only way... Ebony to, Blade, it's called. Yeah. And, and they it, actually mention it earlier when she's holding a sword. Oh, is that the Ebony Blade? And she and Thena says, she? no, it's Excalibur. Yeah. Huh? You said she, when she's holding a sword. You, when when Thena is holding the sword. They're in the ship. In the ship. Makari had basically stolen a bunch of things from around Relics, the world. Yeah. And she was holding the sword. <coughs> Excuse me. And she said, and Sprite says, is that the ebony blade? And Thena says, no, it's Excalibur. And she said, made a comment like, well, you know, King Arthur always did have a crush on you. Yeah. That was yeah. cute. Yeah, it was very funny. But yeah, it's, so the ebony blade is, is, is really cool. So we're, just to see it, just to have it. But now. for it to be Mahershala Ali's voice, I mean, that was just killer. That was probably one of my, Th that right there set me over the top. Yeah. Great movie, great post-credit scenes, so many storylines to expand on. Great start to Phase Four. I mean, Black Widow Painted was such good, a big but picture. this was this was so much better. It really did. Painted a huge picture for the future. We've got the Celestials who are going to be this big cosmic threat. We've got these Eternals who are now characters that can kind of help combat that threat as well as help out in other movies yeah. and whatever. We Literally, don't know we're we, going to see him We again. could talk another hour about this movie and some of the things that were in it in, in our breakdowns, and we, we might get into it in the next show. If you have any comments or if you need have any questions about it or yeah. need some understanding, Look, write in the comments, email us, send me a, a DM on Twitter. and There's we'll a lot of confusing stuff in this yeah. movie. So if you have any questions about what happened yeah, and what somebody was thinking or doing or, or the story behind and again, you know, there were some lies told to us up front and then we kind of learned the truth in the back half and, and there's kind of some, still some partial truths out there, but uh, you know, it, I think I, thought, I missed a lot in this movie. I'm going to go see it again just to kind of, yeah, 
It, 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 I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, just overall, me like, and I, I don't know if we need to officially rank this quite yet, but you know, as far as I'm concerned in, in my Marvel movie rankings, it's about halfway there. It, I agree with you. It's below Shang-Chi. I thought Shang-Chi was better. I mean, I enjoyed that movie more, but it's, it's definitely in kind of like the halfway point of the movies. There's it's so different. You know, I don't, yeah. it wasn't the, the regular Marvel movie. It was very different. The love stories, the relationship building, the character depth. I, I really liked it. And for those reasons, so I, and I had really low expectations. I think we both did. We both had really low expectations and it exceeded them. It blew them out of the water. Yeah. So maybe we'll do that next week. We'll talk about where it fits in our, our rankings of, of cool. the movies, but yeah, I mean, overall, guys, if you haven't seen this movie, go see it. It's a Marvel movie. It is. It's done. awesome. And as Titania mentioned, visually, it's stunning. The special effects are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the the it, it just really is a good movie. So, I mean, I, I really couldn't say anything bad about it, really, at this point. There wasn't a point in the movie where it was like, wow, that's bad. No, th- this was all really good. Yeah, agree. Let's ring the bell, Professor. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email, supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone.